Welcome to Talking Giants Player Profiles and Projections. And today, myself, Bobby Skinner, and my co-host Justin Pennick are going to be talking at Saquon Barkley and Cordell Flop. But we're going to start on offense as always, and we're going to start with Saquon Barkley, who's five foot eleven, two hundred thirty pounds, the second overall pick in the two thousand eighteen draft. How do you like that? Entering his fifth year on an expiring rookie deal. He's coming off a season where he was flat out bad returning from a torn ACL and playing behind a terrible offensive line. We know what he's capable of. He's looked better, but it's still complicated with Saquon, even if he does ball out after missing time in three straight seasons as a New York Giant. Justin, we are entering Saquon Barkley on an on a expiring deal. Yeah, which typically for first-round picks, let alone top three picks, that's usually not something that happens in the NFL unless somebody is possibly on their way out of the door, right? Usually these usually f- f- cornerstone franchise pieces like you would hope Saquon Barkley would be, they don't even get an opportunity to play on their fifth year option because they're extended by then. So um, there isn't a player on this Giants roster, and I even think this is more than Daniel Jones. There isn't a player on this Giants roster that has to prove it more than Saquon Barkley. Would you agree with that? Yes, but I'm going to add this, and then we can go into all the numbers and stuff too. I'm tired of people acting like last year defines him more than 2019 and 18. Don't we always talk about guys coming off of a torn ACL? Don't we always do it? And yeah. and he's played behind battle lines, and he's performed well behind battle lines. But last year was a different level of bad offensive line play. A different level. You had Billy, Billy Price was your second best offensive line, and Andrew Thomas was your best run blocking offensive lineman, but you just had to do single contain blocks because you couldn't trust anybody else. So you had to, you can give him a chance to just go and bully people out there and dealing with the ankle injury. So that's what I'll say. And now that we've seen Saquon in training camp and a, a little limited preseason action and seeing just the way he's moving, not looking at results or anything, just the way he's moving. 2021 does not define Saquon Barkley. 2019 and 18 do for me. That Now, that doesn't change the position he plays and the injury history and contract and, and, and flaws that are still part of his game, even in those years. But I, 2021 does not define him more than those two years. Yeah, and, and I would agree with that. But I take a lot more and I put a lot more weight on the position that he plays you mentioned the ankle injury, which, you know, his, his two ankle injuries that he's had in his career, they're kind of just like freak things. What he stepped on, a he stepped on a cowboy uh, defensive player's leg and it twisted his ankle up last year when it looked like he was starting to heat up a little bit. And then 2019, I even feel, you know, during the, the Daniel Jones debut, I even feel like that was a little bit of a freak injury, too. But again, it's the position that you play and how reliant you are, how reliant you are on so much around you kind of going right. But I agree with you. Like it, when I think of Saquon Barkley as a player, like I, I really, and I look at myself in the mirror, and I'm just looking at him as a player, and I'm not talking about the contract, not talking about the draft position, blah blah blah. He is more like the 2018, 2019 self rather than his 2021 self. But again, this will be the year that I think will prove it. Is he more like the 2018, 2019 player, or is he more like the 2021 player? This is going to be a year that is going to prove it. And we'll talk about it at the end when we talk about 2023. Is he a giant? But with Saquon, even if he is amazing, it's still a very complicated question with what do you do with Saquon Barkley. Yeah. Um, I know some people will say, oh, if he plays great, you got to give him a contract. And there's some people who say no matter how great he plays, you don't uh, you don't ever give a, a running back a second contract. But let's just go through some of the, the regular numbers. To, last year, 
593 yards, 3.7 yards per carry. Pitiful. 263 yards in the air. 66 total yards per game. 2019, he had 1,000 yards on the ground, 4.6 yards per carry, 438 yards in, in the air, 111 yards per game. And then his rookie season obviously balled out, 1,300 yards on the ground, 5 yards per carry, 721 yards on the ground, led the NFL in, in scrimmage yards. Um, and then in 2019, he was 6 uh, in, in scrimmage yards per game uh, in, the, in the total NFL. So I think people, because there was a couple of bad games sprinkled in there and the ankle injury in 2019, it's like, no, his 2019 was was damn was really damn good you know was six in the nfl in yards per game and that was with some stinkers of games in there so he does dance though no matter what he says no matter what you know he says in a press conference he does dance but here's the thing and this is part of the reason why you don't draft a running back number two he's also played behind horrible offensive lines and then last year was the perfect storm for playing by behind the worst offensive line of his career and he didn't have the burst coming off of the injury had no runs over 50 yards so he's for me i think saquon barkley and i don't care about not coming you know this year being healthier he needs to have the mindset of getting to the second level before trying to be saquon the superstar it'll help him avoid negative plays without taking away his ability to be a superstar those plays let those plays come to you like I, like he really, I feel like the coaching staff has to beat into his head that you make your plays once you get to the second level, but stop trying to make them, uh, you know, two three yards behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah, uh, you mentioned you know playing behind bad offensive line and dancing and not being efficient. Uh, I'm just taking a look at Matt Breida's uh, Pro Football Reference page, the advanced section, and he when he was with the San Francisco 49ers, the yards before contact per attempt are 3.2 and 3.3 yards. That's really good, right? Yards before contact per rushing attempt for Saquon Barkley throughout his entire career. 2.2 in 2018. 2019, 1.8. 2021, 1.9. That's really, really bad. That is not a running back that is being set up by success. And why it's even more impressive in 2019 the lowest total yards before contact per rushing attempt with 1.8. Saquon Barkley in rushing yards over expected per rushing attempt with was eighth best in the National Football League on how he could put his own individual stamp on a game separated from offensive line performance. So Saquon Barkley, even 2019, you already said it, but he was impressive in the advanced metrics back it up to. And he added wins for a giant for the Giants team. Now they didn't win enough games, and again, I will say this 20 times, it doesn't make the draft pick right, but he did add wins to the New York Giants like they like just a couple games off the top of my head the that Bears. Big, that Bears game they don't win the game if he doesn't play if he's not Saquon Barkley even any any time they played Washington in 2018 and 2019 yeah like he was the, the reason yeah like the 2019 game they they don't win uh the second one they don't win that game against them now the Giants have sucked and they haven't had enough wins um but there's just you know he does add wins and what he does do is special and it's a reason why he was taken second overall even though he shouldn't have been taken second overall it's because he is special when he's right but last year was just pathetic you yeah. know and and so last year did he, he was playing behind a battle line and he didn't have the burst so those are excuses for saquon barkley but he also it showed his flaws off so much more i mean he danced and he danced and there was times where he got to the second level too and it was just like dude run forward like he would just stop and it's like, man, you could get six more yards, and you're getting one because you're trying. You think you that you can do what you did of old. So it just showed off his flaws. And again, that's why I think now that he's healthy and playing behind probably the best run blocking O line, if everyone stays healthy, 
this. Like, dude, get to the second level. Get to the second level, and I'm telling you, these big plays, let it be off your speed and a, and one cut on on a safety. That's when you're going to you know, have these house calls that you had your first couple of years because they're going to make it easier for you. Yeah. You mentioned big plays. Saquon brought the explosive run rate by year. And again, explosive runs. Uh, I consider explosive runs to be 10 plus yards. Rushing uh, rushing attempts of 10 or more yards, I count as explosive. So 2018 and 2019 at 12%. I think that's kind of crazy impressive considering the volume that you get. So that's more than one out of every 10 rushing attempt that he got in 2018 and 2019. It went for more than 10 yards. That's like a few times a game, you know, if, if you get if you get 20 carries, right? 2021, cut in half, 6%. The thing that made Saquon Barkley, Saquon Barkley in 2018 and 2019, the player that we know and love, was absolutely just cut in half, 6% explosive run rate last year. Yeah, and that showed up in just total yards too. Like cut it, you know, 66 total yards per game. That's including the receiving game where he had some big, a couple of big plays in the receiving game last year. Um, but, you know... <sighs> His yards per carry went from 5 and 4.6 down to 3.7. Like, 3.7 isn't just bad for Saquon Barkley. It's bad for every single running back in the NFL. Like, that's pitiful. That is pitiful to average 3.7 yards per carry. And again, I know he's coming off his injury and playing behind a bad O-line, but he should have averaged, he should have played better than that last year. He should have adjusted to what his body was letting him do and adjusted and played more like Devontae Booker did. Um, and it would have, and it would have set him up for some easier big plays. Um, than he got. But I will say, so I said he's averaged 4.6 and 5 yards per carry in 2018 and 2019. When was the last time a New York Giants running back with over 50 carries averaged even 4.5 yards per carry? Ooh, I feel like Orleans Darkwa did, but you're throwing, but you're going to throw a wrench in this with 4.5, right? Um, I'm going to say, Sugar, this has, this has to go back to, I'm going to say, Derek Ward. He did, but him, uh, uh, Ahmad Bradshaw, and uh, David Wilson all did in 2012. David Wilson. So 2012, and he did that twice behind bad offensive lines that were featuring Spencer Pulley and Jamon Brown and Nate Solder and uh, you know Mike Remmers and Will Hernandez and John Halapio. Uh, like that's that's what he was able to do behind those bad offensive lines. Let's let's do you want do you have anything with this run, like running the ball stuff or do you want to talk about him as a receiver a little no, bit? No, I do. I have I have one more thing on him running the ball. And again, I I tr- what I try and do when I evaluate running backs is separate from offensive line performance and how, what are you doing to elevate the game. And the metric that I'm going to be keeping track of every single week is broken tackles. He could not break a tackle last year to save his life. 2018, 2019, that's what he was known for. So rushing attempts per broken tackle. 2018, it was 8.7 rushing attempts per broken tackle. 2019, 13.6, a little bit worse. He was struggling with some injuries. 2021, coming off that ACL, 40.5. 40.5 rushing attempts per broken tackle. That is not good. Again, that's not who Saquon Barkley is. And again, this year will be that's such essentially a, one every two games. It will be such a huge, huge test to see how good of a running back or if he's back to that 2018-2019 form on if he can break a tackle because flat out he just could not do it last year. That's both in the receiving game and the rushing game. In the receiving game, I think he's going to be used as a receiver. Uh, more in the 2019 sense than the 2018 sense where he was just a check down guy. I think in 2019 he was used 
as I think the way he was used was good, but he didn't get there wasn't as much effort into getting him the ball um, as a receiver was there. Uh, but I think there's going to be a more conceded, like concerted role for him in the receiving game. And I think to play to Daniel Jones strengths compared to Eli Manning's, I think the checkdowns are going to be more centered in the middle of the field uh, for, for Daniel Jones compared to those swing passes that Eli Manning would get to quickly. I have a question for you. Do you consider like the Deshaun Corbin, for example, Deshaun Corbin, that fourth down attempt that he got uh, against the Jets, you know, the swing pass on the left? Do you consider that like a check down or do you consider that actually using a guy like Saquon using a running back in the receiving game? That specific play is using him in the receiving game. That's a wheel. That's something that Pat Shermer left. Like, remember that drop pass? Uh, it was against the Bears. The Bears? Yeah. That was that play. Um, you know, it's just meshed with the running back wheel. So that is not a check down. Um, but, you know, like like the some of the Antonio Williams catches uh, in week two of the preseason, those are some of the checkdowns that Saquon Barkley are, are going to catch. Right. You know, like in the middle of the field or through the middle and out flare routes where it's a lot easier read than just IDing exactly yeah. what the defense is doing and getting to the swing pass. This is a no-shit Sherlock, but I want a combination of 2018 and 2019. Like, I, I don't need Saquon Barkley's average depth of target in the receiving game to be like anything crazy like Alvin Kamara. We always use Alvin Kamara as like the example of how to use a running back in the receiving game. I think his best year, his average depth of target was like 0.8. And that was, whoa, look at the Saints using Alvin Kamara in the receiving game. His average depth of target was still like one yard. So if Saquon Barkley ends the year and his average depth of target's like half a yard, cool with that. Hopefully it's not a negative number because that means that they're that you're really being used as this check down option, but I want a combination of 2019 and 2018. Maybe not as much volume as 2018 because that was an insane amount of volume. What do you have? 90 something how many catches did he have? 2019 2018 he had uh 91 catches. 91 catches. So that was right on the top of my head. Good for me. So I want a combination of those two years. Doing a little projection. I think he's going to go off this year. This O-line run blocks better. He's got his burst. It's Hopefully he doesn't have an injury for a fourth straight year. But he just looks like he's ready to go off. And not because of him talking about, you know, uh, uh, I'm going to show everybody wrong, to prove everybody wrong. It's just like, dude, there's, there's a passing game that's going to be respected. Uh, even if it's not dangerous, but it'll be res- more respected than past years. He's coming off of you know uh, this the second year off of that injury, and the, they're just going to block better for him. You know, like uh, God forbid we have you know last year where everyone gets hurt in front of him, um, but it just really does look like he's hitting the hole hard because holes are there for him, and it's it helps take away his issue with dancing. I really do think he's going to go off this year. You think he's going to go off volume-wise, like total yards, touchdowns, or do you think it's going to be go off like efficiency-wise? Because I, mean, I can both. do the math. I can do the math right now. Two hundred and sixty-one th- divided by sixteen is sixteen rushing attempts. Uh, Two hundred and seventeen divided by I'm going to say twelve games in 2019 since he immediately got 13. hurt in that Tampa Bay game. No, he okay, immediately okay, got hurt. Okay. So twelve. So that's eighteen rushing attempts per game. 16 and 18 that he got his first two years respectively. I don't think he's getting that many rushing attempts game in, game out. But I think he's going to have more. I think he's going to average like 115, 120 yards per game, which is in the middle of 2018 and 19. Yes. So so receiving and rushing. Yes, receiving and rushing. Okay. You know, um, which, you know, 2019 was 111 yards per game. Uh, where he wasn't used a ton in the receiving game, and then where he was used a ton in the receiving game, but not a ton of yards in 18, 127 yards per game. Yeah. So uh, I think he's going to get 
15 to 16, 15 to, I think he's going to get like 15 to 18 carries a game. There'll be some where he gets a little more, but I just, I think he's set to go off and, and people will be like, oh yeah, Saquon's, Saquon is this. He's not what he was last year. I don't think they need to give him that many rushing attempts. I mean, you have, we, we, we just had Matt Breida's PPP earlier in the week. I don't think the Giants are going to be this team where they're going to be running the ball 20 to 25 times a game. I do think they're going to be throwing it a lot. And I hope for Saquon Barkley's sake that they're not just running him hit into the ground, you know, from, from start to finish throughout the year. So there's a reason why you're going to keep Antonio Williams on the roster. There's a reason why you're going to keep Matt Breida on the roster. So I'm not talking about having a, you know, a, a split workhorse backfield, but you know, not giving that much 2018, 2019 volume to say. Sure, that's fair. But I do think there's going to be a concerted effort to run the ball, which, you know, in past years, they maybe not have have had that. Well, they couldn't. They just flat out couldn't. In past yeah, years, that's so. what, I, you know. Um, do you think he's a giant in 2023? No. I do. And I'm, ba- and I'm saying that because it's what I want. Yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm just I'm not, saying what I, I think I is going to happen. Clear. I want to be clear. I'm not not rooting for Saquon Barkley by me saying I don't want him to be a giant. I just am in the boat of I just don't want to give. I don't want to give a running back um, any kind of long-term deal. Now, there's nuance to it, right? You know, the Joe, the Joe Mixon deal is fun and cool, but I think Saquon Barkley is going to have a good statistical season this year, and I think he should do everything that he can in his power to go and get the back. I just don't want the Giants to be the ones to give it out. Well, here's where I'm at is if he has a really good year, the Giants have to be firm in this, and that is being willing to let Saquon Barkley walk and not franchise. Maybe you could fra- you, maybe you could franchise tag him. That could be a possibility because they are in good cap health. Um, and maybe maybe do a Steelers thing where it's like we're just going to franchise tag Le'Veon Bell until we don't want Le'Veon Bell anymore, or we're not yeah. like we're just not going to. Which would that worked, be ruthless. That worked out great because I mean he it's, sucked, you know. <laughs> yeah, which would be ruthless, but it's you know part of the business. But we also have to factor in that Saquon is essentially the face of the franchise, and that matters to John Mara. It it, it does have pressure on Joe Shane, and I think it'll be the biggest test of how how much influence does John Mara have on you will be what happens with Saquon Barkley. But if he does ball out this year, you can't give him anything like the Kamara. The Christian McCaffrey type contracts. You can't go any near anywhere near there. He has not been healthy enough. He has not been consistent enough to do that. You can't do that. But I do think there's a way you can get to something that's reasonable where it's a front loaded contract for Saquon Barkley. I think the league has balanced each other out. And this is actually something that Sal uh Sal from Queens, I think that's your you know, that's something around the Twitter username. I was on a Twitter space with him a couple weeks ago and he was saying how the league has went from like learning that you shouldn't give out running backs, like big contracts to running backs, like the Cowboys did with Zeke and Kamara and Kamara uh, and McCaffrey and stuff like that. To now we're giving out just huge, gigantic contract to wide receivers. So the pendulum has swung just from one side to the other. So I think the league is starting to learn, and I think running backs, you know, maybe you know the the agents stuff, they're starting to maybe understand that you know you're not going to get the the monster money, you know, if your contract's up, you're not going to be getting the biggest running back contract. Um, so there's definitely nuance to the Saquon conversation, but what first has to happen is he's got to go out there, he's got to be healthy, he's got to play well, has and then we can have healthy. that discussion. And here's the way the Giants should approach it, because again, Saquon can be, you know, like he's been amazing in his career besides last year. Um, you have to approach it with, 
this is what we're offering. If you don't like it, walk. And maybe, and, and you know, I mentioned franchise tag. Maybe being like, no, we're not franchise tagging you. This is what we're offering you. You were drafted to be a giant. Do you want to be a giant? Or do you want to go and test to see what the market is for a running back who's been injured a lot? Like, I feel like it's you hit him with something that's that makes sense for the New York Giants. And be like, this is this is it or the, or or goodbye, good luck yeah. with the Arizona Cardinals, you know. Yeah. So, oh, here's this too. Now we've we've already had a very long PPP. That's fine though. But um, Giants are bad. Saquon's having a good year. Trade him. Is that something that you're open to? For a third round pick, I just feel like if they want. <sighs> A third round pick, yeah, probably. Okay. Yeah. And especially if they don't plan on bringing him back, which could, like, hey, Joe Shane could not be planning on bringing Saquon back, even though I think he does. Like, I think he's ho- he's hoping think, that Saquon plays well. I think he's open well to it, yeah. And, and bringing him back, so. Um, but I also just, I don't know. You don't wait till a guy's expiring contract trade deadline for a running back who's had injury issues to trade him. Like, I just don't know if that market's going to be there worth anything for Saquon. So. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's hear from Bear Burger after that Saquon, that 22, 21 minutes on Saquon Barkley. Woof. I think this is going to be a record for the longest PPP ever. How do you like that? Bear Burger's part of it. And they got something for everyone. Yeah. They even got something for you. Yes, you. Whether you're excited about Saquon Barkley, whether you're really pissed off at me and at how I feel about Saquon Barkley, well, screw you. I'm going to go to Bear Burger and eat out my feelings, and you can do that too. They're a burger joint. They're not the type to be bogged down by the labels. Whether you're 100% vegan or you think Saquon Barkley isn't going to ball out this year, Bear Burger won't judge. There's only one dietary restriction you'll be limited to, and that's food that is made to taste great. They have the best happy hour in New York City, 12 p.m. to 7 p.m., Monday to Friday. You know about their elk burgers, ostrich burgers, bison burgers. I have until the Daniel Jones PPP. I have to try the ostrich burger to let you know how it is. Bear Burger Kitchen and Bar, 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. Monday to Friday. They have a special lunch special, $14.95, all served with fries. I want you to click the link in our description to find yourself at your favorite new happy hour spot, burger joint, and lunch in Bear Burger Kitchen and Bar. Connecticut, New York, New Jersey, all over the place. In the Tri-State area. Let's do our last defensive player of the 2022 PPP season, and that is LSU cornerback Cordell Flott, drafted by the Giants in the late third round this past year. Six foot, 175 pounds, small guy, 30 and one eighth inch arms, had one interception for LSU last year. Justin, I don't want this guy playing on the outside at all this year, even though he could have a skill set to move there at some point. He will be abused if he's put out there. Like, I don't care how bad our outside corners are. I don't want Cordell Flop playing on the outside if guys get injured. But I am intrigued to see him get some nickel reps. You know, like he's he's a he's a guy who could play some man coverage. He's a good athlete. He's he's springy. I, I am I am intrigued to see him get some nickel reps at some point this season. Yeah, Cordell Flot is a, a draft pick that I'm really, really excited about. I mean, he is super, super young. It's crazy how young he is. I think by the time we drafted him, I don't even think he was 21 years old yet. No, he was 20. He he was still he's 20, so he's not even he's not even 21 years old yet. And yet, and that is the theme of this draft class is finding young guys to see how this coaching staff can develop them. I trust Jerome Henderson to develop these guys. He's a guy that's willing to get his nose dirty. He's an aggressive player. 
um, you know, physical player on, you know, whether it's in, in tackling at LSU or in coverage, physical player. Um, I love to look at pass deflections. Uh, that was like a, a, a really, a a theme of the 2020 and 2021 seasons of seeing cornerbacks make plays on the football. You know, I'm not, I'm not necessarily about these corners that just never get the ball thrown towards them, but in the NFL, I feel like if there's really good wide receivers, there's going to be quarterbacks that want to target you. So can you make plays on the football when you're targeted Four passes deflected in each of the last three years? However, 2021 was the first year he logged over 500 snaps. He is not an experienced player. He is a young player. And I agree with you. He kind of needs some time to sit on the bench, mature, bulk up, get some mental reps, and see what kind of player we can have eventually. Yeah, like he's just not ready. He's a long, skinny, fast athlete that just needs some work. Um, And that's at nickel or outside. Played nickel at LSU for the most part. He had some deep safety reps. Um, But what gets you excited about him is that he is long. Um, and his speed is really good and he has like really good change of direction speed and he explodes out of his back pedal, you know, like he, he sticks it in the hip and recovers well to like get in the catch space, you know? Um, so you just, you see some like good traits there. Now traits do not always translate. Uh, they do not, especially with this cornerback position where there's so much to it and it's hard to be good at this cornerback's position in the NFL, especially as a rookie. Um, you know, and he doesn't have much press, press experience. Uh, you know, Wink Martindale looking for guys that are, are going to, uh, face press. And like Aaron Robinson, he struggles at the release. Like he loses leverage. He'll overextend. And that's how you, in man coverage you lose is losing at the release. Like you're not going to be able to recover all the time. You know, you lose at the release in zone. It's not the worst thing in the world. In man coverage, you lose at the release. You get beat and you get beat bad. Um, and he can get thrown off by like some a, a good a, a, a good route running route running wide receiver who can sell, uh you know say he's running a dig he can sell a post and then turn it into a dig, you know like that really struck uh, that really throws him off. So he's got a lot a lot of growing to do, and I hope he's not forced onto the field this year. Even though, like I said, I want to see him get some reps in the nickel though. Like I, I want to see him get a few there. There's not as much the responsibility of playing that outside role. So I do want to see him get some reps on the uh, on the on the inside versus slot wide receivers. I have Cordell Flott stats for you: twenty three completions on forty five targets last year, fifty one point one percent completion rate allowed, two hundred and forty nine yards, two touchdowns, one interception allowed. He was top fifty in the nation in man coverage snaps. Now, not a lot of you said you mentioned not a lot of press man experience, but I don't think slot corners were necessarily. I don't know if they're asked to play a lot in press man coverage. 357 snaps in the slot last year, 178 snaps outside, 42 snaps in the box, and you mentioned some deep safety experience, 21 deep snaps. Also something about him, he's extremely involved with the run game, plays with good energy like every rep. I know he missed that tackle in the last preseason game we watched, but like he's he's very involved in the run game, so... What, what do you think happens with Cordell Flott this year? Do you think there's any way he just like, they're like, you know what? We're starting him over Darnay Holmes. I low-key think one of our corners is going to get hurt and he's going to play. I'm saying if they don't, <laughs> what do you think happens? If, if they don't. I, I hope he splits time with splits time with Darnay here and there. If we're not playing a, a slot corner that's super nuanced and, you know, we, we're, we're game planning for an opponent. Like, like week one, for example. I, I don't know if the Titans, I don't know who they're putting in the slot necessarily, but... I think that would be a good time to maybe get Cordell Flott out there and, you know, get get him some reps uh, in in inconsequential situations. But if we're playing a team with a really good slot wide receiver, let's let some of the veterans cover it up. 
Yeah, give him a chance to grow. Sprinkle in some playing time, and that's what we want out of Cordell Flott. You got anything else on Flott before we roll? No, no. Excited for Cordell Flott, and hopefully he isn't in the situation that I literally just said as a worst-case scenario, as one of our top two corners gets oh, hurt. Oh, he will. <laughs> and people will ha- and he'll be hated, so just get ready for that. That's yeah, going to happen. Get ready for that. So, all right, we appreciate you guys. We'll be back for our last PPP tomorrow. The quarterback, Daniel Jones. Sir Danny Dimes. Will it be his last PPP as a New York Giant? Tune in to find out. We appreciate you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Until then, let's go big blue.